Welcome to Here and Now podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Sophia. We bring you the stories, the heart, and the humor needed for this journey called life. Join us each week to hear the conversations of a mom, that's me, and a daughter, that's me, and the stories of where others hear God's voice as he brings truth, beauty, and good in their lives right now. This is Here and Now Podcast. Before we get into it, I wanted to thank today's sponsor, Sunday Bead Co. Sunday Bead Co. makes handcrafted modern rosary bracelets that are designed to inspire prayer. You can check out some of the bracelets in my mom's recent blog post on Arming Your Day. Sunday Bead Co. bracelets are so beautiful and each is just made with love and I am so excited to be partnering with them today. You can use code here and now for 10% off everything in the shop at sundaybeadco.com. Once again, that's code here and now, H-E-A-R, and now for 10% off Sunday Bead Co. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 105 of Here Now Podcast. We're very happy to be back for another episode. Um, today, we're welcoming a guest on to the show, which I will introduce, let mom introduce in a minute. Um, but a few weeks ago, we asked you on our Instagram for questions. Um, what questions do you have for a cradle Catholic? What about a convert? Um because I'm a cradle Catholic and mom is a convert, um, which first of all, hello. Hi, mom. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Sophia. How are you? I'm good. I haven't seen you in a couple of days or I, a uh, week or so. Felt yeah. like we were spending all the hours together two weeks ago. And then where are those weeks gone? And I know house is cleared out. The beds are made. Look, I say I've made your bed I again as I sit in your room and record from your station. My studio. Uh, um, yeah been good stuff going on here you know yeah no I know I, I recent, feel like uh, re- recent uh, blog post telling about dad's recent MRI um, yeah we had some good news this last time and just praying that we keep going in that path and you know feels good for him and those things are just moving in the right direction I guess right yeah so if you want to read the update the link will be down in the show notes um but do you want to give a little backstory to who our guest for today is? Yeah. So I often speak about um, many Hail Marys, the, the rosary uh, ministry that I visit with in the morning. They, they say a daily rosary at 645 in the morning. Um, I'm trying to remember what year, maybe 2018 or 2019, probably 2018 or 2019 that they might have started so. that. And I was one of the early one, uh, ones reading or listening, not reading, but listening and praying with them when Jill and Kristen started it together Mm -hmm. and they bring really amazing guests on everyday people to some pretty amazing people. I think Jonathan Rumi was on. We always talk about him. They're desperately trying to get, um, Jim Caviezel on or Mark Wahlberg on. Oh, so if anybody gosh. hears this and knows them, and I do have a few friends who have connections and wondering when that friend's going to come through and help us, but we'll just <laughs> forget about that right now because he's trying. You know trying. who you are. <laughs> yeah, you know who you are. Um, so they brought on a fabulous addition to their team who is Caroline Kane, and she is their organizer and schedule keeper and um, is a mom of five. And I met her first when she reached out to me, um, surprisingly, a few months ago, oh, actually a few months ago, last year before, mm-hmm. um, I guess probably in October of 2020 and asked mm-hmm. me to be on um, as a guest saying the rosary. And and it ended up when she chose the date for me, it surrounded my birthday, which is so funny because this is how she always finds that, you know, God speaks to her and how she invites her guests on. And it just kind of works out really well. So Caroline Kane, and I thought um, because she is a convert, we talk about that often when she and I chat about just some of the things that we love questions, struggle with, I don't know, all of the things about being a convert. And now we're also raising children who are cradle Catholics. So um, in the middle of Lent, I think it would be a great option to have the idea of somebody who is going through the process in this particular time as a candidate 
who will enter the church. Typically they enter the church on the Saturday mass, the vigil mass Mm -hmm. of Easter weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's when I did. And that was in 1996 or something. So yeah, cool experience. And during the, the middle of Lent, you know, we're halfway there, you know, what we just had Sunday, Sunday's, um, Pink Sunday, as it is known, that was just yesterday. Flatter Sunday. Yes. And they say that it's pink or rose, whatever. And that's what the uh, vestments are that the priests wear. Yeah. Um, Because it's kind of the joyful time. It's a little time (laughs) to just take a breath from the six weeks of 40 days of, you know, Lent that we're going through. Yeah. Yeah, There's a a meme about that. it's because there's there's a yearly debate that comes around is it pink or is it rose and they look very much the same um and people say well jesus didn't pink from the dead now did he he rose from the dead so (laughs) so we're getting technical is that the deal yeah but it's i don't i don't have a stance either way um other than the fact that catholic all year um had a button that i wore all day that said that says on Latere Sunday we wear pink, um, which is a little spoof off of Mean Girls. And whether or not that was intentional, I don't know, but that's how I took it. And I don't even know if I told you this, but one of my I put it on my story and one of my high school friends responds was so fetch. And if you've seen Mean Girls, you know that that is a line from Mean Girls. And he's like, stop trying to make fetch happen, which is just like, it's cool. So that's <laughs> like, so thanks. funny. That's you so didn't fetch. tell me that, but that's funny. <laughs> it was so funny. So, yeah, well, um, I'm excited to chat with Caroline and see what she has to say about uh, being a convert to the faith. So we're going to welcome Caroline Kane from, um, I know her from Many Hail Marys, and it's so good to see you on the screen here, which is how we record. Um, how are you doing tonight, Caroline? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for um, having me. This is exciting and unexpected and timely. So um... it's timely. You know, we all listen for how God speaks to us. And um, I was telling Sophia and, and you just before we hit the record button here that it just seems timely to invite somebody on that went through the process of RCIA, which is how we um, enter the church when we are not born into the church, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, since we're halfway through Lent, and this is the time when we, as converts, really got all excited and nervous and anxious. Do we know enough? Do we not know enough? Um, I, I thought of you and thought you'd be a really good voice to bring to the table of being a convert like me and raising cradle Catholics like I am doing with my Sophia and my other kids, which is, I'm believing what you're doing as well with your family. Exactly. Um, So why don't you tell a little bit um, about yourself to everyone that's listening tonight? Okay. Um, My name is Caroline Kane. I'm a 50 year old, going to be 51. My birthday's Thursday. So Mm. timely that you asked me on my birthday week. Um, (laughs) I'm a mom of five. Um, and a wife of 28 years this year. Wow. 28 wow. years. Mm. Um, my kids are three boys, two girls, ages 25 to 14. And um, in all stages, uh, one's a teacher, one's in grad school, one's in college, one's in high school, one's in middle school. So um, I am the oldest of four. So Sophia can mm-hmm. relate. Yeah. Uh, with three <laughs> girls and a boy. So the same as your family. And I grew up um, American Baptist uh, mm-hmm. from a Protestant family, religious. Um, my parents were both teachers. We lived in the Midwest. We had a very um, beautiful and um, just a, a nice growing up, nice life. We lived in a small town, went to the same church, um, went to Awanas, if you know what that is, which is kind of like. Uh, Wednesday night church for kids. I went to Young Life um, in high school. I was uh, involved. I went to Purdue. Um, I was a math and statistics major in engineering. So I'm a uh, like a math nerd kind of person. So <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. My connection to many Hail Marys um, and how I fit into that team. Um, so. Uh, went to college and went to grad school. And all of a sudden I met this guy in grad school and 
talking to him. We go on a date. And I said, oh, would you like to go to church with me? And he goes, what time's mass? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, mass? What are you talking? He goes, I'm Catholic. Because he grew up in the Northeast. And he went to Catholic school. So his experience was a Catholic experience. And mine was not. Um, so we began to date. And then it got more serious. And then kind of my conversion began. Um, and it was slow and fast and uh, linear and not linear. Um, but I think that there was a moment we were talking about religion. And of course, I had all the typical Protestant misconceptions of Catholicism. He had all the Catholic misconceptions of Protestants. And it's actually hilarious. We should probably do a comedy skit, you know, like, you know, me saying these things to him and then he's saying these things to me. And we were both like, wait a minute. Um, and I remember we were talking and um, he said, well, you know, like when you talk to Jesus and I'm like, well, you mean when you pray, he goes, no, like, like when you talk to him, like, like he's your pal. And I had never, ever heard somebody say like, he's your pal. Like he's just your buddy, like you're doing something and he's always with you and he's your pal. And I never had an experience or a feeling of like a very personal relationship. It was more, um, I don't know if formulaic is the right word, but it was more like you go to church and you do this and you do this and you go to this and you do this. But I never really was like thinking of it as a friendship or a relationship. And that was kind of what started um, a little bit of the, like, if you want to say the Catholic flame, um, which is funny because sometimes you hear it the other way around. Cause sometimes people say, well, Catholics, all you do is don't eat meat on Fridays and kneel, stand up, sit down, do this, crush yourselves. And like, what is happening? And he didn't have that experience at all. Um, and so we started going to my church and to his church um, which at the time we were at Purdue University and they have a beautiful, amazing Catholic community, St. Thomas Aquinas Center. Um, and it's funny, we always say there's more Catholics at Purdue than at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big school, but it's a very, you know, anything in the Midwest is very Catholic and it was a very thriving Catholic community. And um, we met a priest named Father Dave Buckles, um, who really changed the trajectory of my life because he was absolutely open and so welcoming and so accepting of me. Um, we were married in the Baptist church um, with a priest and my minister. It was a sacrament for my husband because we had um, a dispensation from the Bishop, but it wasn't a mass. It was in Baptist church. And, um, about 20 years after I asked my in-laws now that I had been Catholic a while. And I said, what did you guys think about all of that? And, um, they all said, well, we knew we were praying. We knew, but not once, not one time did my husband ever ask me to become Catholic, to raise our kids Catholic. My in-laws never, it was never mentioned. And that was one of the greatest gifts. Wow. Because knowing my personality, if somebody was to tell me you're going to have to do this, I, I wouldn't have done it. I would have been like, okay, see ya. Go back and kneel and sit and stand and squat or whatever you do over there. So <laughs> yes. all the things, <laughs> all the things. Um, so, yeah. So I went, um, so we moved to Cincinnati and we both had jobs there after grad school. We were married in 94 and I went through Easter vigil in the um, Easter vigil of 96. Oh, so, so we did the same year. I think we talked about that. Before, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, that's great. Yeah. And um, I was at um, a church in um, Mason, Ohio. Um, and it was uh, connected to Moeller high school. A lot of people know Moeller high school. It's mm -hmm. a very big football school in the, in the Midwest. And um I decided to enter RCIA and I um, kind of got a friendship with a, a priest named Father Bert, who was hilarious, 
very blunt and very old. So to me, it's like I had this very young, soft-spoken, loving first priest that kind of was accepting. And then I went right to this other type of priest that was just like so blunt. And I loved it because I just had all the questions. That was me. I had all the questions. I wanted to know what was going on. Why do we do this? Why are some people genuflecting and some people are bowing? What's happened? What about this? What about this? Why do we, why do you not eat meat on Friday? How come you can, how come you don't have to fast on a feast day? So I was always staying after and asking him questions. That's so great. Which which is my nature. Um, And then I came in. um, I didn't, I wasn't having, I didn't have to be baptized because my baptism was recognized, but I um, got my confirmation, my first communion. And that was, uh, I guess, I don't remember if it was in March or April. And then two months later, I um, became pregnant with our first little boy. So. And how long have you been married at that point? Were you? Um, I got married in 94, came into the church in 96, and then Andrew was born in 97. Awesome. Um, yeah, and it was um, it was a really nice um, beginning to our marriage, but it started to, we were still trying to balance two churches, and I was just being drawn more into the Catholic church, and I was fighting it a little bit. My not problem, maybe my hurdle was I thought you had to believe every little thing. And if you didn't believe everything or understand everything, you couldn't do it. So I was always asking questions. Um, and father Bert was super patient. And, um, and sometimes he said, do you believe in the Eucharist? Do you believe that's the presence? And I said, I do. He said, you're Catholic. He said, the rest of the stuff is important but you, you, that's, that's it. You know, like you're ready. Um, and then I was on our CIA team and I sponsored people. So it's been, it was really a beautiful, um, preparation. And I think a lot of what I learned helped my husband in his faith journey because his catechesis was, you know, when he was a second grade boy, you know, or a, a freshman in high school trying to like, you know, what, whatever they do. Right, whatever throw paper. <laughs> what? And he went to an all boys Catholic high school in Philadelphia. So whatever they do. So I think. Oh, so he's I, from this area where we are. I didn't realize he that. grew up. Yeah, he grew up in Doylestown. So he went to um, he went to the Sale College Prep in Philly. Mm-hmm. So I was going to yeah. ask you if that. Okay, that's great. So, yeah, I have a couple that's, of friends that's, who went who grew up there and went to school there too. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he loved it and loved it. So yeah, so that's kind of my Catholic story. And then I just kept just chipping away. And then I would, you know, we'd go to mass and then I would, I'd have, you know, some stints at daily mass and then we'd start sacraments for our kids and then start, you know, reading and learning. And then, you know, it's a lot to learn. And I wanted to know it all at the beginning. And, um, that was hindering kind of my, my relationship with God, because I wanted it. I wanted to know all the things like, I'm like, well, I just will read the encyclopedia of Catholicism, or I'm going to read the catechism. My husband's like, okay, I don't think you're <laughs> going to get through that. In, in before, you know, so I think that priest giving me permission to, you don't have to know it all. You just have to just believe and you just have to go. So it's, it's really, those two priests were super, super impactful um, for me. It's amazing and then, how those spiritual fathers can set up uh, us up either one way or another. We can have some that really bring us closer or some that, that don't. And thank God we, I know I had similar, I had two very fun ones. And then one who was very, he was actually a um, teacher at the seminary locally and people were feared this man, but I thought he was phenomenal because he talked about things very blunt, like you said, you know, and right. he'd been in the, he'd be in the business quote unquote for a long time. So he, he didn't shy away from answering with truth. Right. And right. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think, I think, and for me, I think there was when I was kind of reflecting this morning, a little bit about the whole process of the Easter vigil and the rites and, you know, the, the tradition and, um, the universality of the church. Um, I think that was one thing that really drew me in 
was this idea that everywhere around the world, you know, the catechumens and candidates are coming in on this Easter vigil and everywhere that people are having their first communion, they're getting their confirmation and that it was such a um, special thing that the church, like, it was very, very special for, I felt very special and very loved by, by our community. And I think that when we see people coming to the church at RCI as adults, like you're not doing it because your mom signed you up for CCD, right? You're doing it because the Lord's leading you somewhere. And I think it's really, um, it's motivating and it's inspiring. And I felt that I felt that I was helping lead my husband deeper and my in-laws deeper. And so it was, it was really great, but I had, I mean, I have to admit it. And it's really, I mean, I hate to say it because I work for a Marian ministry, but Mary, whew, that was, <laughs> she was not my girl. I was like, what is this obsession with Mary? Like, I like her, like she's in the nativity scene. She comes out, she gets in the stable. I love her. And then she just goes back in the box. And Do you think though, because I grew up Baptist as well in some of my parents' whatever, whatever I was having going on in the world at that time, which was mostly Baptist. Sometimes it wasn't even that, but do you think that is, and and it is not a judgment. It's just a observation that, that your perception of the situation or the image of her might've been altered a bit and, and that could have had some effect on it. On, I mean, on your receiving how Mary could be this, our lady, our mother, or anything, right. you know, even just yeah. the last few days with this annunciation. I mean, it's, you know, and the consecration and all these things that anybody who is not Catholic might wonder what was the big deal about this whole right. thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think specifically from my parents, I don't remember that. I just remember my perception was just that, you know, there's no God above me and we don't right. worship idols. So to me, it's like, I don't know why you people are going to a priest to confess because I just would, I would just go straight to Jesus. And I don't know what the big deal about Mary is. Like she's, you know, she's beautiful and wonderful and the vessel of God, but I guess I just didn't make that connection. And it was really one of the greatest hurdles for me even up till maybe three, four years ago, where I kept asking God, like, please, I want to love your mother, like all these people do. I mean, these people, as I'm getting more and more Catholic and, and more involved, and I and these people are, you know, wearing miraculous medals and they have rosaries and people have, I mean, I see Our Lady of Guadalupe and I see these people just bringing flowers and crying at the May crowning. And I'm like, I just don't get it. And right. so I, I really, that was one of two things that was really difficult for me. I got confession. I really came to pretty quick because, um, again, Father Bert said to me, he said, you know, it's easy to, like, if you hurt somebody's feelings and you say in your head, oh, geez, I really hurt their feelings. But when does it really affect you? When you say something out loud to the person, I'm sorry. And he said, when you go into the confession and you say your sins out loud, it reverberates back to you. Like you hear it and it comes back and it sticks with you. And like he always said, that confessional is like, it is the, um, what does he always say? Not the room, but I think he said, it's like the room of victory. Like that's where victory happens. Like, and, right. and so I, I got to confession pretty easily. I know some people have a hard time with that. And I, I love the sacrament and it's very life giving, but Mary, and then I'm still working on this whole concept of redemptive suffering mm -hmm. and consolation and desolation and times mm -hmm. and, and actually people praying for some suffering and reparation for things like that's a very difficult well, I can relate to that in that offering it up. And when I wrote a blog post, I don't know, a year ago or something about the offering it up. And it really would drive me nuts when people, we had a crowd of friends that would often say it. I'm thinking, what on earth are you saying to, you know, and that redemptive suffering came out. And then I went on a, a retreat for some writing retreat and the concept came up a lot in writing um, about 
you know, this, you're, you're, you're giving that gift to somebody else when you're suffering, nothing is wasted with God. And you can, I have a friend who often says, you know, well, if you're suffering with this and you're offering it, 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 God takes that and offers it to somebody maybe who's going through the same suffering you are that may not have someone to pray for them. Sophia, do you have anything you want to add to that? Cause you might have a little theology or such behind you, which, you know, when you raise a Catholic not being a lifetime Catholic, you end up having a kid who's a theology major of sorts. And uh, yeah, <laughs> no from longer, day one, Sophia, tell me what this means. And, you know, she enlightens me and yeah, just been a thing that she's been interested in. Sometimes it's crazy. Like, I don't even know how I know some of these things. And I'm not saying I know everything. I barely know a portion of what I do, but it's definitely a lot of Holy Spirit moments. I'm like, oh, okay, like that just makes sense. And I can explain things in a way that makes sense to me. Um, whereas like going through all the theology classes that I went through here, a lot of them are so good, but they're so high level uh, academic classes. And I'm just like, I cannot, I cannot make sense of this. Like a hypostatic union, how, how can you explain that Jesus is both God and man in the same body, but he has two wills. And that just, to me, was like, whoa, but I understood that. (laughs) Beautiful, right? Yeah. um, Yeah. There's a lot to, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Um, But what is your, what's your favorite part about Catholicism? Oh, gosh. Well, I I think the universality of the church, I love that. I so love, I love, because we love to travel and we've made that a priority as a family. Um, I think my kids have been. I mean, 30 countries. I mean, we've been to mass in Prague and in Buenos Aires and in Turkey and I mean, Alaska and uh, Mexico. And I just love knowing that um, when I'm at mass, that same reading, 2 billion people, 2 billion Catholics around the world have that same reading, have that same, that same creed, have that same it's just a really um, unifying feeling. And I think we're even feeling it more so. I think um, I think with this consecration and with the Pope with Pope Francis and everything that's happening in Ukraine, I think as Catholics, um, I, I don't know if proud is the word because I don't think it's proud, but it's it's I think very, it's like unified in a way. Like a yeah, little bit it's unified, like, right? It is. And it's just kind of like it's just really, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, I'm proud to be Catholic. Like I'm proud to, I'm proud to be doing this consecration with all these other people and I'm proud to be that. So I, I love the unifying part, the the universality of the church. I mean, I love the Eucharist. I mean, who doesn't, I mean, it's life-giving. It's such a gift. It's so beautiful. It's available every day. I mean, think about something that is available to you every day that's life-giving you know and then I I try to go to daily mass as much as I can it's hard you know um it's funny the other day my friend who's not Catholic said to me I just had a thought she said I think the reason you like orange theory which is where where I work out Mm -hmm. she's like it's it's the same thing as the Catholic church you have no excuse for not going because there's times all the way and it's the same all around the world She's like, I think that's why you like Orange Theory. So I thought that was hilarious. So just, just people recognize that I like that. Um, and I mean, I like the depth of study because I really, I like school. I like to study. I like to learn. So the idea that it, you, there's entire books about like the first line of the Our Father it's incredible. And I think that's one thing with many Hail Marys that's been um, important to me is it's kind of like we're getting a little like CCD class every morning. And I, I, I guess I should circle back because um, I don't know if you introduced what many Hail Marys was. I know we all think everybody knows what it is because it's we're in it, but um, it is just an Instagram. I know I'm not calling it a ministry. It's an Instagram community. We do call people. it a ministry every time, every podcast we have mentioned many Hail Marys. So it's appropriate that you're on here with us. <laughs> it so, is a ministry for rosary, is, but it's a community, right? It is a community. It's a community. It's a community. And it is basically the fidelity of showing up every day and praying the rosary as a community. Um, and 
so Jill and Kristen, really Kristen started the started the movement um, looking for some authentic friendship once she moved out of the city and moved to the suburbs and was missing that friendship that she had in the city. And so they decided to go live as a joke, basically. And then they said, okay, we'll do it for 30 days. And then now, like, I don't know, today was 1,268, nine. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, so basically, I just felt, I found it. I don't even know how. I just found them one day and they're intriguing. And I started to watch. And then I started to learn the rosary because that's one thing that, you know, um, when you're not Catholic and you're trying to raise cradle Catholics, um, there's a lot to teach. And I think sometimes I always felt bad because I would see people in masks whose kids would have like a little, I don't know, a little missile or they'd have a little bag with a rosary. And I was like, I don't even know what that stuff is. Like I know to go to mass. I know that my kids go to CCD or go to prep. They're getting their sacraments, but I didn't do all the other stuff. And now that I know what the other stuff is, I wish I had done it, but I can't go back in time. Um, So I was kind of spying in trying to learn the rosary because I had this, I had this block with Mary and it had been my prayer for four or five years. Help me, help me love Mary. It was my prayer. Help me love Mary every day. Please help me understand her. What is it about her? I'd read books. I tried to do a novena. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I kind of came across Kristen and Joe and I was like, okay, these are the kind of, this is what the rosary is. Like they would mess it up. They would say it. They would laugh. The oh. guests would. They <laughs> would and, 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 Kristen laughs. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and, and it wasn't this like scary thing. And then um, Father Benjamin, who just actually blessed some of the rosaries that we're sending to Poland. Uh, I was talking with him and he said to me, if you want to get to know me, if we want to, if you don't know me and you want to introduce yourself to me, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk and I'm going to tell you who I am. You're going to tell me who you are, but what if you had to get to know me, but you couldn't, sorry, you couldn't, um, you couldn't talk to me. How can you get to know me without talking to me? Hmm, that's a great you question. Talk, he said, you talk to my mother because she's the one that knows me. That is, that's and so he beautiful. said, so he said, so how? could you get to know Jesus better and get closer to Jesus? It's just another way. Just talk to his mother. She's his mother and she'll always bring you closer to him. And then he said to me and Caroline, the rosary, if anybody should love the rosary, it's a Protestant because you know, the rosary, that's your Bible. That's the Bible. You know, those are all those verses that you buried in your heart when you were young and you remembered all those verses it's not about Mary has nothing to do with Mary. The rosary is about Jesus and it's a Bible on a string. And as soon as he said, it's a Bible on a string, I was hooked. And then I was like, Oh, I get this now. So then I really became like a fangirl of many Hail Marys. (laughs) (laughs) So and one day they were saying, Oh my gosh, we're so we can't answer DMs or slammed. We can't, this is getting too big or I don't know what they're, and they, whatever, whatever, right. <laughs> they asked for help or I felt called. And so I just sent a DM and said, Hey, if you ever need help, I'm, um, a logistical engineer. So my background is organizing. That's, you know, what my life is. I've got five kids, but they're all in school and I have some time. I don't work outside the house and I'd love to help you. And then I heard nothing for four months and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that was not what Mary and God wanted, I guess. And then one day in the car line, I see my phone ringing, Kristen Riley. And she said, okay, how many hours do you want to volunteer a week? And I was like, I'm like, what, who, what, how do you, I was like, okay. It took her four months to go through her DMs. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, exactly. Was so, that between having all of her babies? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so, so basically I came on board the team and my role is really the back end. So I really work mostly on guests, getting the guests, scheduling them, keeping that in order, most of the content management and, you know, any kind of projects. Because frankly, I mean, we have 18 kids between the three of us. 
and we were, they, they both work full time and it's miraculous, truly a miracle. It happens every day. It could never, it could never be a man uh, or woman led thing. It could it never, it will never work on paper. So it is so, it is so, so yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. so divinely inspired. And I I wish I, I I started keeping little notes, but every day the Holy spirit reveals um, himself to me by saying, you know, we book out months, like eight months ahead now, seven, eight months. And all of a sudden we're praying with Leah Darrow literally two days after she loses a baby and we booked her eight months ago. She wasn't even pregnant then. Or we pray with somebody and I say, they say, that's my, my birthday. Or they'll say, you know, even when we prayed with a uh, brunch with Babs, um, uh, she's uh, uh, in December. Um, I just picked a day, December, whatever. And she said, Oh, that's the feast of St. Lucy and my granddaughter's Lucy. And there's, it just happens. Well, and, and, and like what you said, situations with Sophia, you had right. her not too long yeah. after I was on in March. And that, and that morning was the day, was the day John was had his surgery in September. Surgery. I mean, right. yeah. and that and surgery was so not planned. Long. It was a second surgery. Yeah. And, right. and then yeah. the other one was just for me. Remember I was, we need to do a, a rosary for John. And I guess it was for something coming out of rehab. I don't remember what the date was when you asked me to be on, Hey, do you have last minute? And, and I, I told you, Sophia, yeah, you had like, said- wanted to do a rosary and I couldn't pull off getting that rosary together the way that you did. So I had how many people praying with us that day? And it right. was right. The, yeah. Right. So, so, and I think that, um, the, re- that that's the way that God is revealing to me kind of the power of, this, this weapon, this rosary, this, um, the fidelity to pray it every day and the fidelity to really trust. And, um, it's been really beautiful. It's been very, um, it's, and it's been very timely because we've gone through, you know, some hard stuff. The last three years has been hard on our family. We've gone through some hard Mm. things with our kids, um, and with our business and, and, and without looking back now, before I had many Hail Marys and I had the power of the rosary and, and that fidelity to that prayer. I don't know what I would have done. It could have gone a different way. Um, but yeah, so, and it, and it's, it's so beautiful every morning because the guests just say things that you've never even thought of. I, I don't know if you remember, there was a guest because again, same with, with Mary, the saints are, the saints are kind of hard to understand. Like, you're like, like okay, like, I kind of get it, and but I kind of don't. And I remember there was a guest that said, um, early when I was following many Hail Marys, a guest said to me, there's no difference when you put up a photo of a friend or your family in your house. There's no difference than putting up a, a picture of, I don't know, St. Anne, St. Monica. It's just a friend. And the idea that you ask people, to pray for you. I mean, I've asked you both to pray for me, but why couldn't I then ask somebody else to pray for me? And why can't you ask a saint to, to intercede for you? So that started to make sense. But I remember, I don't even remember which priest said it. Maybe you guys remember. He said, every time you ask the saints to intercede for you, you're actually aiding the saints because they have to go to the father for that intercession and so you're bringing that saint closer to God. So every time you're asking for that intercession, and I don't remember who it was, but I remember he said, I always pray to Mother Teresa to share her charity with me. Wow, that's that's like a, and, and every time I say, can you please share your charity with me? She goes to God and says, I'm interceding for this person. And she's closer and closer to him. And for those, I need that kind of image. I need that kind of like, and, but I get that with many Marys. like every day you learn something um it's really it's really just a blast and it's just as authentic as it comes and it is many days a hot mess and it's great because (laughs) Sophia knows this I'll listen and there's been amazing people that you've had on um last year Sophia you need to have this person on and then some of her guests were because of 
you know, I heard them or she heard them on, on with you and just the community is just so amazing. Um, yeah. like Jeff Bruno, we have him coming up. Oh, and, oh he's I cannot the best. wait to connect he's the with best. him. This. Yeah. He's really, he's he really, his story is amazing. And, and he was very, he was super impactful to a lot of people. And I think that's one thing that I think one thing that I've learned from Kristen and Jill, and I think this is probably part of the lesson for me being involved in many Hill Marys is I'm very organized and type a, but I can get, um, uh, agitated or disappointed <laughs> and, uh, or, or, um, or, so, you know, if a guest- Is this a firstborn has, thing? I'm sorry. Did I, I guess, say that out loud? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. You two it are is. just very, very on the line. I'm like this feeler and la, la, la. Anyway, like, mom, so it, come back. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like a guest will, you know, for, you know, they, they won't confirm or they don't show up. And then I'm like upset and I'm getting upset. And Kristen and Jill are always like, oh, that's all right. I hope- they're all right. I hope they're not sick or um, it wasn't the right time for them. Or maybe they were just nervous. Not everybody really feels comfortable praying the rosary. Like they might when they say yes, but then they might get nervous and they're so um, patient and accepting and they don't over, it's never over um, engineered mm-hmm. with them. It's very organic. And I needed that in my life because I'm the opposite. And like, I'm stressed. Like, I'm like, where's the guest? Where's the guest? Where are they? Where are they? You know, and, and every, and we had a perfect example. We had a guest that didn't show up that I was very excited to be um, pray with. Uh, And Kristen's parents were praying that morning. And a, a, a guy from India just joined and I remember was, that day. Yeah. And he was so amazing. He was so beautiful. And I think he's actually considering or maybe even has put his papers in for the seminary. And he was looking, he was looking for a sign. And then, so that was all the way it was supposed to be. And Kristen and Jill are always very, they're very open to the rhythm of God. And I, that's what I want. I want to be more open to just go with, the cadence that the Holy spirit has for me instead of my own cadence, which is like running and marching everywhere yeah. and, so, bossing, Sophia, and bossing everybody around, and bossing. <laughs> which is well, a Sophia, good thing sometimes. And is. she just said something like that the other day, mom, I'm getting more like you. I mean, yeah. that's, isn't that the most beautiful thing when your young lady <laughs> daughter tells you that, but why did you say that? Because you're doing what? Like, oh, she's well, like, I was just saying like, I, I'm a person who sticks by routine. Like I, I need to be in bed by a certain time. And I, if I get a thought and I like, I will obsess about it unless I like solve it. I need to attend to something at the moment. And I had an episode idea at two o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go to bed, but I had to write it down. So, and that's what you do. You get up and you write. And I was like, I don't understand that. Like I, oh, I can't, the Holy spirit just like, doesn't move me that way. He moves me through the work that I do. Um, which is just going, you know, right. Which is such a a funny thing that you say that, which is another Holy spirit moment, because I've (laughs) been reading this, this Benedictine, like, um, like the Benedictine principle. And I was reading this book and I was like, Oh my gosh, this was for me. And and there's this, um, phrase it's called aura et labora, which means Mm -hmm. pray. And it's like pray and work, which is what I've always said. Like, like I, I don't know if it's because I grew up in the Midwest in a farming community or it's just the way my brain works, but I actually like to work like mm-hmm. that makes me tick. And I remember um, my sister always says hard work is good work. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like my motto. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's like a whole Catholic theology about this. Yes. So I've been really digging, digging into this idea of not, not pray or work, but pray and work. Yeah. Um, and it's been really cool. What's the book you're reading? Is it the, is it the rule of Benedict, St. Benedict or is the it- rule of it? Yeah. The rule of St. Benedict. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I'm just it's great, starting. I love it. Yeah. But it's good. You'll yeah. love it. It's good. Right. And I like reading that. And I read, you know, like the devout life. So like, if you read all these different saints that have different, um, you know, theories of sorts of theology or their rules, it's so cool to see each of the different Benedict St. Francis. I mean, it, it's just so, and this is why right. we love the saints, right? I mean, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, it's just been interesting. And that, um, 
that it takes all just like just just like the body of Christ. It just takes all types of people to to make things go and to make things work. And so that's been such a humbling and honoring part of being part of many Hail Marys is that, you know, I don't love to go on the camera. I can do it. And I, I, I'm getting better, but it's not my favorite thing, but I just love the, the back end part. It's just so fun. And it's like a puzzle and it's like um, learning technology and, you know, connecting with people and, 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 and really it's a lot of it is just about details and my middle son, who's a football player, he's always said, which I never understood what it meant, but he, his hashtag was always slow grind. That's what he'd always put when he'd say my football highlights or it's slow grind. And I've always said, like, what does that mean? And I'm starting to understand. It's just kind of like a, you just have to keep working mm-hmm. um, at it. And um, but I, I love that many Hail Marys gives the opportunity for people to spy in. You know, we have, we have people praying with us during international uh, week, just starting the end of this week. We have somebody from Sweden. He's not even Catholic. He's Protestant. He prays the rosary with us. You know, we've had people that have been away from the church. We've had people. um, It's not, it's not just, it's not just for people in the pews after the daily mass. It's really beautiful. And it's Mm -hmm. been just a gift to meet incredible people. I mean, I I would have never met either of you, Mm -hmm. you know, and learned your story. And, um, you know, it's, it's been really, it's been truly a gift and, um, so cool to see. Sophia, do you have one, one more question or a saint thought that you want to bring to? um, Yeah, I think this means it's time for our, our saint chasers. Um, at the end of every episode, Caroline, we, um, speak about a saint that's been chasing us this week um we say stalking but chasing um i say tapping on the shoulder yeah that too (laughs) didn't father didn't um father um taylor reynolds he's writing a book and he wanted to call it saint stalkers but then he's like i can't yeah it's coming out it's it's coming out i think at easter but that'll be a great book to check out Yeah, yeah yeah it'll be really cool it's funny when you said stalker that that reminded me of that (laughs) yeah so we'll tune it down just a bit and call it saint chasers instead um so who has been chasing after you this week um well i there i saw a quote um i like saint monica Mm -hmm. um you know patron saint of mothers and praying for her son that was you know he didn't you know didn't want anything to do with the church and then becomes, you know, one of the greatest, you know, saints in the history of the Catholic church. And her, um, I'm just trying to think of her quote. It said, I think she says, nothing is far away from God. Mm. And I've read that in two different ways this week. Um, and in one respect, it was like nothing, even if it's small is far away from like God's heart for you. And then just kind of, you know, the idea of the whole struggle in Ukraine, it's just, it's really, it's really hard to wrap your head around and the suffering and the struggle and just unexplained, how can this even be happening? But just that it's all very close to God's heart. So I think St. Monica this week, I don't know. She keeps coming around. I love her. I do love her. so great. She had a, she just was so, so, well, Holy. disciplined and and faithful. Like, I mean, she just she was kept so showing up. faithful. Mm-hmm. She just kept showing up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that I think Saint Monica. And then I got a, I got a, a little package today, and there was like one of those little keychains, and it was Saint Anne. I don't really know that much about Saint Anne. I'm still learning. I mean, still learning she's about my all girl. these things. <laughs> so I don't know. I know she's. I know she's Jill's girl. I know Jill's Saint Anne is her person, and so. Um, but I got this little keychain, so I was thinking. Maybe I got to learn about St. Anne. I guess she's right. Jesus's grandma, technically, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So something beautiful about grandmoms. Yeah. Sophia, who is your saint? Oh, let's see. My saint for the week. It's funny you say St. Anne. So here, Franciscan, um, I don't know if it's just a me thing or my dorm thing, but uh, a lot of us are single and our prayer 
<laughs> our prayer is Saint Anne, Saint Anne, find us a man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all of last semester we had a little poster up on our wall that said "Find us a man," and uh, so far it hasn't worked, but that's okay. Um, I'm not salty about that or anything. Um, but I, I don't know who my saint is for this week. Um, I find that when this comes around, I like always forget who's been um, chasing me this week, but. Um, I'll let mom take this one. I'll say St. Anne. Hopefully she'll, oh, wait, what the heck? I should know this. I've been praying to St. Therese. I just did a novena to her again. So <laughs> I just started up. I'm a spouse today. It just but. comes to you after you realize how impactful somebody is in your day. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so I'm on day three of her novena today. So St. Therese, little flower. There we go. Little flower. Yeah. yeah. Mom, what about you? And I was going to quote, and she's not my saint, but I was going to say that about St. Therese too, when you had mentioned about, um, who did you just say in the, in, in heaven, how you would, she wanted to go to heaven and bring as many soul. Like, what was that quote that she said that she wanted to her when she goes to heaven, she wanted heaven to bring too many. Right. right so right. That, she, she's St. Therese is walking around us right now. I can feel her. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to, again, Mary has been since last week, we talked about this um, and I'm reading this little pamphlet uh, uniformity with God's will from St. Alphonsus. Um, in, and I opened this earlier today and I think yesterday, but to this end, here's a quote from it. We should always invoke the aid of our holy patrons, our guardian angels, and above all our, our mother, Mary, the most perfect of all saints, because she most perfectly embraced the divine will. Um, and I think that goes to, speaks to a lot of what we talked about today that, you know, Mary was so, she was definitely somebody in my, um, coming to the Catholic church that I didn't not understand. I just didn't, you know, the whole idea, like you said, Caroline of just is what, what's this idol? Like, and it, it, you know, because as a, in my Baptist walk, I think that, you know, my mom grew up um, with her father who was Catholic, but they were not practicing and her mother was not Catholic. And her, my mom was born on December 8th. So I always thought, why didn't they name you Mary? You know, because from the right. time I was very little, I always had this interest in the Catholic um, faith, probably from my grandfather's side who were Irish Catholic. And the, every time I stepped into a Catholic church, I was just in awe of beauty that came out of that church, you know, and, and the, the windows and just the reverence that, you know, the few times that I was in those churches. Um, so I think it's important to think that even, even I didn't know for a long time, like, wait, Mary's a saint, you know, but she is the queen of all saints that we talked about right. last week. Right. And right. when John and I took our little sneak away um, trip on Friday, you know, with the girls and I skipping out on his therapy, which today we th- found out from the therapist, they loved that we did that. They were not upset with us. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Literally we were in the parking lot of the, of the therapy um, outpatient building. And I said, Oh no, we're not doing this. And <laughs> they thought that was funny. That would probably wig out Sophia and you that my appointment was for 10 o'clock and at 10 one saying we're not coming. Um, but it was just because it was just God saying you need to do something else for your husband mm-hmm. and your kids today. And these appointments didn't matter. So we ended up going down to the beach in, in Cape May and um, standing in the church of um, our lady of the sea, Stella Maris, mm-hmm. right on the annunciation. And wow. We listened the to the operation. On, yeah, well, we listened to the whole consecration and the whole mass from Rome, all the whole ride down. So that's what we did. We listened to that mass. So we got to hear, you know, and that whole mass was so beautiful out of, out of the Vatican with Pope Francis, because they talked so much about confession in such a beautiful way that was so, I wish people would understand this, this is not a place. And he was really trying to articulate that. This is from obviously an interpreter. I did not understand right. Italian, but she was trying to under, help you understand that this is this is a gift. It's not a shameful it's, moment in right. your life, right? It's and not I, a punishment, yeah. Right? And I yeah. think that that is something that the more people lean into understanding that, every time I've, I mean, and obviously there are people who've been in, in confessionals that have been sort of shaming and right. reprimanding, but I do believe that the church is trying to receive and they're, they're guiding their priest into receiving confession confessors now confessions in a much more 
um, open-minded way, you know, in the way right. that God would. Right. So I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one thing, when you say Mary, I think the one thing when I really kind of looked to her as a mother figure and somebody that had been, when, when you realize that anything that you're feeling yourself, she's already felt it. I mean, there can be nothing harder than sitting at the foot of the cross, right? And watching yep. your son die and, and, and tortured. And she knew that was coming and she still said yes. And she still, she knew what was going to happen. And if you think about, you know, what's going to happen. And she still sat at the foot of that cross. Yep. You, there can't be anything as a mother that's too hard or too big or too scary that she can't bring comfort. And I think, um, I think that's, you know, I wish I had known that as a younger mother, but I'm so, so grateful that I have the gift of that now. Um, and I'm going to be a, my grandkids are going to adoration with me <laughs> because I never took my kids to adoration. You know, mm-hmm. I just didn't know. Well, you I didn't, didn't even know. know that was a thing. Right. And you didn't yeah. know. So what can you do to fault yourself when you didn't know? I mean, I think that, yeah. you know, um, there's another friend on Instagram that I chat with a lot about and probably, you know, Paige Ryan, right. That she, oh, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I, but we didn't know. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all, we all guilt ourselves, but what we didn't know, you know, I mean, there's so many right. things. Holy moly. When I had Sophia's co- communion, right, Sophia, I didn't even know. Cause I didn't have a communion the yeah. way that, you know, so right. her communion was like, we barely picked out a dress. And it was also at the time when she was going through all her, in, you know, hearing loss stuff anyway, but then we picked out a dress, we got another dress and we were, it was this whole thing. And, and really it wasn't even about the dress. We know that. Right. But, but it just, what we learn in time and how it just, it just is so, there's so much to right. learn and know about the faith. And I don't feel right. like I'll ever know enough. And no, no, it's, no. it's, and I think one thing, if, if I could give advice to anybody in the church, especially anybody in the social media world, it's, there is no reason there is no reason to do any type of comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, you can veil, you cannot. You can have 10 kids, you can have two kids, you can live on a farm, you can live in the city, you can do a holy hour, you can go to weekly mass. We're all the same children of God and we're all doing our best. And we're all, um, in the end, we're all trying to get to heaven and we're all trying I- to become saints. And there is no one formula, right? And, my, and I think- there's something that my husband always says that I think is very simple, but it's very um, helpful when I say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And he goes, it's not heaven. This isn't heaven. Right. And he always says, he's like, Caroline, but this isn't heaven. Like it doesn't all, it doesn't all get to work here. It doesn't all get to line up. Um, So anyway, Mm -hmm. I'm learning. I'm learning. I got a lot to learn. I got a lot of books because every time these guests come on, I buy their book. I have so many books. <laughs> oh, so many books. So many books, but it's so, so beautiful. Many. And, and so if you're beautiful. like me, I read them and come back to them and quote them and come back to them, but it's the best, you know, God has me on a little scavenger hunt all the live long day. Right, Sophia? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good You have anything else you'd like to in. say, Sophia, or add? No, I think it's just, it's really cool to hear stories of conversion. I've said this my whole life um, because I was raised Catholic. Um, I, I mean, obviously I have my own testimony. Um, being a missionary last semester, I had to kind of figure out what my story was. Um, but it's, it's funny how like some people have this grand moment, like, oh my gosh, like I, everything just makes sense. And other people, it's just very gradual. Um, and you can see that like God has planted seeds like that throughout their lives. Um, but for me, I was just like, well, this is it. This is all I know. I don't know anything else besides that. And studying all that I have over the last few years of my life, um, I realized like why I stay and why other religions cannot compare um, to Catholicism. So I'm super grateful that I was raised Catholic. Um, and I continue to learn and, you know, I know that Scott Hahn doesn't know everything. Um, I know that Dr. Bergsma doesn't know everything. Um, nobody knows everything and what we know, we all know we put together to make something that everybody can figure out. So I don't know, but thank you. Thank you, Caroline, for coming on. This is wonderful. And it was so great to hear your conversion story. Um, and, 
yeah, we're, we're so blessed to have you and to know you and be friends. Oh, that's awesome. What a, this, this is my first birthday gift of the week. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, happy thank birthday. you both very much. Thank you. Yeah. Happy birthday for the Here Now podcast community. I know. Yeah. I don't. It's not a COVID birthday. It's like, I don't have a COVID birthday this year. So. <laughs> I mean, but we're, we're in Florida, so we didn't really have that. Yeah. Yeah. COVID. We yeah. didn't really have that. Again. <laughs> yeah. We, we, Let's be real. We, we can't, we can't. Yeah, exactly. We, we did okay Let's down here. Let's be real. <laughs> right. Indeed. Well, it was great to chat with you. So I um, hope that you have a blessed week and a blessed birthday and we will See you again soon on many Hail Marys. Yes. Yep. Sure. Yes. See y'all Thanks, next girls. <laughs> Bye. Bye.